cat crawling on me here. I have to get out from under this cat. <laughs> It's already October, which means it's almost Halloween. Which radical gay activist are you going to dress up as? My name is August, and this is the Queer Core Podcast. I'm a 26-year-old gay historian, and the Queer Core Podcast celebrates the interviews that I've conducted over the past 13 years. This Queer Core quickie is all about Keith St. Clair, a man driven by a singular mission, help those who need it. A 1980 issue of the San Francisco Crusader called him a nice man who cares about real problems. That was true in 1980. It's true now. But Keith's story starts long before then. In 1967, Keith St. Clair started publishing Vanguard magazine, the most radical pre-gay liberation magazine that I've come across in all my research. Vanguard gave an identity to the previously identityless. Before we get into Keith's story, here's a quick word from our friends at Forbidden Apple Podcast, an audio bridge between queerness and religion. Have you been told you cannot be LGBTQ and spiritual? The Forbidden Apple Podcast is a space that gives voice to queer individuals to reclaim their spirituality. Whatever that means to you. Come find us over at the Forbidden Apple Podcast. I am Melissa Weiss, and I grew up in an ultra-Orthodox Hasidic Jewish home. Very, very religious. And I am Pelayo Alvarez. I grew up back in Spain, also in a very religious Catholic environment. And we explore what spirituality means to us currently as out and proud queer individuals. Come join us in all streaming platforms. Now, we'll let the man himself tell you his story. Let's all join Keith St. Clair's vanguard. Keith's story didn't start when he was 21 years old and decided to start publishing Vanguard. His formative experience and his quest to understand his identity occurred four years prior when he, at 17 and a half years old, illegally joined the United States Air Force. How did dealing with PTSD affect your desire or inspire you to give back to the community with both Vanguard and then later as a foster dad? My my post-traumatic stress disorder was uh, long after my military uh, service and, and other services. It was after, of course, being in the military and going through traumatic experiences and so forth and then um, deciding whether I was going to make that uh, an, an, an injury and a scar and and carry it as a scar and, and limp through life uh, or whether I was going to take it as a lesson and learn from it and apply it as something that I could take um, uh, the op- and I could make, make that the opportunity to um, recover and to learn it as a lesson and teach, starting with teaching 
myself and then teaching anybody else who wanted to listen to me. I, I think as, as anyone who makes that kind of decision, when you share your stress disorder with them and they with you, um, you know, one and one is two, two and two is four, four and four is eight and so forth and so on. So you're stronger and stronger with the sharing. You're, you're twice as strong for taking into account that you all have survived it and you are stronger. Um, it's simple math. In 1967, Keith started publishing Vanguard magazine in San Francisco. Vanguard was for the untouchables, pushed aside by gay assimilationists and the heterosexuals they attempted to replicate. It was a forever open dialogue between the denied, forgotten, persecuted youth, drug addicts, transgenders, drag queens, and all gay men and women. At the time, did you realize how radical the writing was? It's radical in the sense that reading it today is just like reading it yesterday. Well, yes. My, my philosophy was that I was reading all, the, all, all of the gay publications that I was reading. Most of it was hostile. Uh, the, the, it, was, it was obvious that essentially the, uh, the writers, the editors, the, and, and presumably the readers were unhappy. And they were reading and writing and talking about, they, about things that they were unhappy about, angry about. Uh, things that were wrong, things that were bad, things that needed to be changed, and so forth. And I thought, well, that's just looks, that looks to me like the, the frame is pretty full. Uh, I, I would rather do something different because I just don't want to add to that picture. I, I think what I would like to do is I would like to think about writing about things that make me happy, things that uh, are happy, things, things, things that are pleasant, that are positive, that are good, because I, I think those are the things that, that last uh, solutions. So I, I wanted to um, be uh, as, as positive as possible and, and uh, not necessarily optimistic, uh, certainly not necessarily comic, um, but certainly as uh, uh, joyful and, and as, as happy and um, uh, affirmative as possible, as opposed to being aggressively sad and mad. We must remember that for most of Keith's life, he was illegal. He illegally joined the Air Force when he was 17 years old. 
he illegally served in the Air Force as a gay man. And he was illegal as a gay man when he returned back to his home country. While Keith avoided publicly outing himself for the first 21 years of his life, he realized that with his new medium, his new voice, and his consistent readership, that he couldn't deny who he was. He did what very few, if any, gay publishers did at that time. He published the magazine under his real name, with his real address, and his real phone number. Were you ever scared doing Vanguard? At the time, I don't recall being scared much. Uh, there was a, a lot of scary stuff going on around. But again, uh, I did try to be uh, uh, not exactly popular, but at least populated. I just committed myself to a public life. And um, I, I, was, I was not uh, going to commit myself to being afraid of being shot or stabbed or beaten up. Uh, I was ex-military. I had seen all of that. And, and I had been beaten up. Um, and I had seen killings. And I had seen butchery. And I had seen bombings. I just, I just couldn't carry with them on me, with me on a, on a daily basis. It was that, that, that would be carrying too, you know, baggage in both hands. What am I gonna, what am I gonna, how am I gonna deal with life and do that? I'm not gonna be overly afraid. I'm gonna be cautious. I'm not gonna be overly, overly um, brave. Uh, that, that's foolhardy. Are are overly apprehensive. Um, I'm I'm going to be confident, uh, trying to find a, a middle place, especially for loving people. It it after all, it was the summer of love in San Francisco, and there was a love all over the place. Before gay liberation and Stonewall in 1969. Major gay activist groups preached assimilation, becoming our oppressors and forgetting our differences in efforts to interfold seamlessly into the majority group. In October of 1967, Keith wrote a scathing take on the horrors of assimilation. He wrote, thus far, the homosexual mass movement has maintained a discreet veneer. Indeed, most of the individuals involved seem to prefer a supplicant's role instead of reveling in each other's individuality. The overall intention is to pursue conformity to the plastic inevitable, etc. He continues, several dissident elements of the homophile community are deciding to publicly acclaim their dissatisfaction with the futile search for anonymity or acceptance and to proclaim their personal freedom. By its very nature, the Vanguard hopes to remain near the spearhead of this probing dissatisfaction. What was the response to an article like that? I mean, to think that someone was saying that in 1967. Assimilation is always, no matter what the date or time, it is uh, lowering your, your radical thoughts and, and instead 
taking on um, uh, ameliorating, kind of, kind of uh, softening, uh, a sort of a vanillification of your um, uh, of your radical thoughts into something that um, is uh, less than, and so. In the context of way back then, people were removing themselves from the agitation that was going on at the day and during the day. Uh, the, the stuff in the streets, the stuff in the bars, some of the larger organizations, they just didn't want to keep up with some of this thinking and, and wanted to avoid um, uh, serving or serving with or listening to or inviting uh, other people who were thinking about and, and doing things that were being progressive. Although Keith stopped publishing Vanguard magazine in 1979, it is a living magazine. The content is controversial and it remains true. It's a combination of every medium, a breath from every culture. There are pre-gay liberation articles titled Interview with the Transvestite, The History of Syphilis, Bisexual Interview, List of Sex Offenses and Their Punishments in All 50 States, LA Secret Police, Lavender in Uniform, Interviews with the Masochists, and Black Art adds culture, etc., etc. Erotic images and delicate yet in-your-face poetry unites every issue. Were there other magazines doing interviews with transgender people and drug dealers and things like that in the gay world in San Francisco before Stonewall? Well, that's, a, that's another thing. Um, those, those individuals were uh, apparently cast out of of the the, the literature. I I didn't find any. Uh, it's the I, I read a lot, and it, and if I saw a lot of something, then that was something that I didn't need to do. That was being covered. That 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 was one of my goals is to do something that's not being done. And and what does Vanguard mean after all? That that was you know, that was every day. Wake up and what does what is what does Vanguard mean? Good morning, I hear the I hear the sound of morning birds. What are the what are they saying? They're saying what does Vanguard mean? What does Vanguard mean? Okay, that's 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 today's question. So that's that's what I would try to answer every day. What does it mean? Well, that's a wrap, folks. My name is August, and this is the Queer Core Podcast. I'd like to thank our partner, Five Burrows Brewing Company, and also all of you. Your love, generosity, and support have made this possible. We are taking a temporary break before our next episode. It's a doozy, a multi-part series on Fairy Argyle Rainbow, the unsung and unknown architect of the rainbow flag. 
along with Gilbert Baker and James McAmara. She created the most enduring symbol of the LGBTQ community. Stay tuned because this episode is going to hit hard and hopefully give her legacy the justice it deserves. Our theme song is Silicon Valley by Silke Berlin. And the song Mary Please Forgive Me is by the neglected mayor of Sunset Strip, Bobby Jameson. Do yourself a favor and read his biography online. The Queer Core podcast is produced by Chris Coates and myself and is edited by Chris Coates. Please follow us on Instagram at QueerCorePod. And please, please, please consider donating to our fledgling nonprofit at AugustNation.com slash donate. All donations are tax deductible. Until we meet again on the airwaves, peace out. Peace out.